So hello, hello, hello today. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I really appreciate you showing up. I've got a very special guest for you today, so you're going to love this. And if we haven't met before, I'm Kelly Howard. I am the fitness consistency expert with a touch of adventure. And I find that most of the women that I work with, they want to lead those exciting, like invigorating lives. And sometimes they forget to do the things that we're going to talk about today. So stay tuned because this is a good one. Hey there, Kelly here, and thank you so much for joining us today. I'm honored to have you here. If you're looking for tips, habit shifts, and shortcuts to fitness consistency and the freedom that feeling great brings, you're in the right place. As the fitness consistency coach with a touch of adventure, I've been helping smart, busy women embrace fitness and long-term freedom for over 20 years. I am so glad you're here. So hello, and thank you all for being here today. I really appreciate it. You've probably heard me say it a thousand times, but the best thing for me about the internet is the people I meet. I just like, I found just these amazing people all over the world. And today I'm gonna bring you one of them. I'm gonna be a little bit of a teaser here, but she's gonna talk about why and how to quiet your mind because you've heard me say it a thousand times that, you know, meditation really actually does help with your fitness, but it's so hard to, to calm that mind, right? So today I want you to meet a very special friend of mine and just listen in because you're going to be eavesdropping on our conversation. Roz Fleiss, thank you so much for being here today. And how are you doing? Oh, I'm great, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. And, um, I'll tell everybody how I met you in a second, but first, would you tell them, everybody that's listening, a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. So I'm Ros Place, and I'm a guardian angel communicator, and I live in the north of England with my husband, Eddie, and our two boys, um, 17 and 12. Um, and I grew up in a family of muggles. And for anyone who knows about <laughs> Harry Potter, they'll know what that means. I grew up in a family who didn't have any kind of understanding or knowledge or background um, of what I grew up being able to do, which was communicating with angels. So I had to navigate life really understanding how to do what I did, learning how to do what I did um, very much on my own. So I have a great empathy for people um, who find themselves in their lives feeling as though they might be a bit of a fish out of water. And because of my own learning experiences, um, I really love teaching. I love teaching and I love sharing in a really, really down to earth and very, very real and normal way. So, okay. I love this because for, for those of you who are listening and you're like, what does she do? Um, she just said two things in the same co conversation that was cracking me up. She's very down to earth and she talks to angels. <laughs> and, and so originally, um, I was drawn to Roz because she has this amazing energy and she's so, she's so calming and and so connected right so if you're not if you're not watching if you're actually listening on the podcast um 
do know that you can watch this on YouTube too. And you, you just see Raj, she just like, she's just this vibrant, beautiful woman who just shines. And she really attracted me because I was like, okay, she's got something that I want. And I do like, I meditate, but my way of meditating is a little bit, um, mm, I'm kind of like a bull in a china closet. And Roz is just like, she just walks in and everything she touches just calms down. So tell us a little bit, like, I know that you started out in this world, like seeing things that other people didn't see. And then you got to the point where it was probably, I'm guessing, like maybe a little bit disconnected because if other people didn't see it, then it was probably baloney, right? So you then started coming back and did you come back to your center and your your whole spiritual self by meditating or what was it that brought you back oh that's a great question so thank you for all of your very lovely kind words and it's interesting that you observe me as someone who's calm i can be extremely calm but i'm also giddy and <laughs> silly and love to have fun and laugh and i too suffer from a very active mind um, so it's interesting that you have that observation. I appreciate that. So what brought me back to it was not of my choosing, I have to say. Up until the age of 11, I thought that everybody could see what I could see. I thought that everybody just saw what I saw every day. And it was only really when I went to school um, and I very quickly realised that other kids, other people just did not see things that I saw. And all I wanted to do, Kelly, was fit in. I wanted to be like everybody else. I just wanted to be normal. I wanted to just keep my head below the parapet and just get on with being a kid at school. So age 11, I remember it very clearly, outside the geography huts, um, I just said that I don't want anything to do with the angels anymore. Go away. That's it. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. I don't want this because I was born with it. And people wow. talk about having a gift. But when you're born with something that you haven't chosen, until you actually grow into it and understand what to do with it, it doesn't feel like a gift at all. It makes you conspicuous. It makes you feel odd and weird and stand out. And I didn't want to do any of those things, age 11. So the whole thing closed down. And as I went through my teenage years, I got into a lot of trouble at school. And <laughs> I assume that's just impossible for me to believe because you just yeah. like you exude goodness. <laughs> oh, thank you. I well, was, I was the troublemaker. I can see like you don't look like a troublemaker. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. I was I was very um I wanted to be free, you know. I didn't like to live with constraints. Um, yeah, I, I really was challenging in inverted commas as I grew up. And through my teenage years, the angels really tried to help me. Um, they did intervene in my life when actually I was involved in a car accident that I should not be here. I should just not have survived. And I walked away completely unscathed. Um, and there were other times in my life when they intervened because I was in a dangerous situation. But other than that, everything was very, very quiet with me doing what I would describe as sitting on top of an extremely full suitcase, trying to keep a lid on everything until I had my first son. So when I was 31, um, I had my first son 
and everything started up again. Everything opened up again. I was very vulnerable. I was very open. I was very raw when I had our first son. And um, through that vulnerability, I was able to connect with my guardian angel again. Um, And then from 31 to 37, when I had my second son, things began to develop once again. And I started to work professionally as a guardian angel communicator. And then when my second son was born, I wrote my first book, um, which was I wrote when he was laying on my lap. (laughs) It was beautiful, um, really lovely experience. And yeah, I continued my professional work. But it's been a journey because through developing my work, I've had to learn boundaries. And personally, I didn't really have very clear boundaries. And what that meant was that part of my development Uh, or part of my lesson, one of my lessons or growth opportunities, as I prefer to talk about them or think about them, was about having clear boundaries in relationships. And I had to be clear about when I was communicating, who I was communicating with. To begin with, I used to see a lot of um, energies of those that had passed over. And, you know, it's funny, Kelly, because when I talk about this, even though it's me, and even though I've talked about it, lots of times and even though it's my experience it still sounds peculiar (laughs) it still doesn't sound okay Uh, for those of you listening um i i don't know where you are like i don't know which side of the peculiar you're on for myself i have always wanted this to be true Mm. right i want it to be true i haven't had the experience so, you know, it's always that maybe it's not peculiar, but it's like, huh, hmm, <laughs> yeah. is this a, yeah. should I listen to this or should I be going, what are you talking about? Yeah. But it's so interesting because I don't think I know anyone who hasn't wanted, um, and this is, okay, we're going, we're going a completely different direction than, um, we're going to talk about how to quiet your mind. I guess with or without a guardian angel, but but first, I don't think there's anyone that's listening who hasn't had that moment in life where they've lost somebody, and they've wanted to still be able to connect to them. Mm. And so you were seeing different, like when you talk about boundaries, like a lot of times people think of boundaries as, okay, black and white. I have boundaries here because I need this time to myself, and instead, you're dealing with boundaries of, wait, I don't want to talk to Kelly's grandmother. I just want to talk to this person or this spirit right here. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I used to get waking up in, woken up in the middle of the night um, and it was often by young children that had passed over actually. And I remember one night in particular waking up and there was a young child on my chest, kind of like sitting cross-legged on my chest in spirit. And um, I jolted because I was frightened. It, it woke me up and it startled me. And it, it frightened the, the young child in spirit. But the, the energy that I always worked with and wanted to work with was the angelic energy. And every energy connection I've ever had has always been really positive. Mm-hmm. It's always been a wonderful connection. But what it's done is it's taken too much from me. It's taken too much of my energy. I've given too much. Um, and the the energy that I connect with when I connect with the angels, it just gives. It only gives. So it, it gives never, back it, to you. Yeah, it never takes. It it always gives. Um, and so 
my work with the angels in terms of how I came back to it, yeah, it was really with um, from age from age zero to age 11. Um, I used to be with the angels all the time, play with them, talk to them. Um, they taught me lots of things. I had lots of ability. Um, and then through my um, uh, later years from when I had my first son, that's when it all opened up. And I think a lot of things can happen around that time of kind of giving birth and that opening that happens. Um, and yeah, it happened both times. And ever since then, I've worked on my boundaries. So I'm really clear about when I work with people um, and when I work with angels. And um, life has been really, really great. But up until two years ago, I was still very much so I'd created boundaries, but I was very much trying to control still the ability that I had. Um, and it was three years ago, actually, that um, we lost everything. Um, we lost our home. We lost our car. We lost our, I mean, interesting how I mentioned our car, but it was such a lovely car. I loved the car and the holidays and, and everything three years ago. Um, and we, that, that vulnerability happened again that opening up once again happened again and through that vulnerability that's when my guardian angel Trasan told me you're going to show other people how to do what you can do um and that was like real that was huge to hear that um and so back to the meditation um, and the calming your mind that's how we do it that's how we show people how to do it and calming your mind and meditation is something that it doesn't come easily to me. I don't think it comes easily to, to a lot of people. I think people can put themselves under huge amounts, amounts of pressure, which um, makes them feel like they're failing or they can't do it or they're not doing it right. Um, and that feeling of just kind of having to sit there and be in silence is, is impossible. So Trasan and I created, and we've written lots and lots on YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel with loads of meditations, guided meditations that I've written over the years um, with a with a guided path, which allows you to just quieten your mind and to be guided through something. So you're listening, but you kind of forget everything else mm -hmm. and then you're present and you're in your body. And you're you're in that meditative state, which means that your mind can relax and find space. When you're in a meditative state, you're it's actually actually until quite recently, it was thought that the only benefits of being in a meditative state or calming your mind were when you were in that meditative state. So they people science thought or people thought, or oh, when you're doing that for that 10 minutes or half an hour, that's when the benefits are. But science has actually shown that when you're in a meditative state, your mind actually lights up and glows and brightens. And you create something through neural plasticity, which is lasting. And so depression that you might be feeling or anxiety that you might be feeling or tension that you might have stored up actually dissolves. So meditation is something that I definitely would not put my hand up and say, oh, yeah, I can sit in lotus position and just think of nothing for half an hour. I most definitely cannot, but I can get myself into a state through a lot of practice, but I can get myself into a state where I have quietened my mind and there is a stillness that occurs, but it's not through trying to do it. Is through allowing it to happen 
Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people find hard. I think so too, because I know that like when I meditate, 80% of the time I use a guided meditation. Mm. I, I, I'm not, I'm not somebody, I'll use a mantra occasionally, but, but I find that for myself and for anyone listening, if you haven't tried this before, like when you, when you just sit to meditate, even with a mantra, your mind has a tendency to just want to like, you know, be like a wild horse and take off. But when you're listening to a guided meditation, it allows you to kind of, to me, it's like you slip through the cracks and you're suddenly able to let everything relax while your mind slips into that space where you want it to be. Is that how you find it? Absolutely. I think your mind is occupied. And when your mind, your thinking mind becomes occupied, it's it allows you to find a peaceful state. And I, and I think that really your mind wants to be occupied and needs to be occupied. And, and once you've learned how to allow your mind to do what it needs to do and wants to do and feel as though it's being productive and, and it's engaged in something, then there's this sense, this feeling, this space that opens up where you realize that there is space and stillness and calm, but you're not trying to do it. You're like, giving this to your mind to keep your mind occupied, <laughs> and then you're allowing this state to occur. And allowing is a word that I really love. I use the word a lot, and I think that allowing is something which is a real state of not trying but just being and allowing it to happen. And it's the reverse of what we're taught needs to happen. Mm -hmm. um, it's an automatic state, an automatic zone and way of being. It's like you would talk about being in the zone, you know, with regards to what your body does when you exercise and fitness and, and that state of automatic almost, the way that exercise can become. It's very much the same with your mind and meditation. And it's a hum, it's a beautiful, exquisite, experience that doesn't just bring peace to your mind but it actually influences your body it your does. body looks your you look younger you feel younger your body relaxes it's detoxing it's creating space and stillness inside of you that creates such a clarity in the way that you're able to approach life so, I mean, it is so true. And what I've found, in fact, just recently, for whatever reason, I felt I found myself off my meditation schedule, probably for a week. And I sat down and I did a meditation. And all of a sudden, it's when you say, you know, it's like you, you give your mind something to do. It's kind of like you give, you know, a, a little kid a toy. Here, you go sit over there because I'm going to let my mind, you know, settle down because it feels good. But at the same time, what I noticed when I was doing this, all of a sudden I had this moment of total clarity. And we're going to talk about clarity for a second because that's like, that's you. But this clarity was, why don't I do this more? Because I can feel not only does it settle my mind, but to what you said, it settles my entire cellular system. Like everything just feels like it gets reset. So then it's easier for me to get in the flow when I'm doing exercise or to get in the flow when I'm, you know, working or whatever it is. 
it's an interesting, it's a super interesting phenomenon. You're right. It just, it carries on throughout the day. So like people will say to me occasionally, so, you know, you're all about fitness consistency. So why do you yak on about you know, meditation? And it is, it's, it's like almost that foundational piece that allows you to have all the habits and all the flow for the rest of your life. So it's super, um, I, it's important, but about clarity. Let's talk about this really quick because I want to bring it back to you. And and I had met Roz already, and then I got, I found her book. And her book is Channel of Clarity. And I read the book and I went, up. Oh, I've got to reconnect with this woman. Like, she's amazing. So first, I'll just tell everybody who's listening, um, Roz has given us a very, very kind um, offer or gift. So you can go to the show notes or we'll, we'll like, we'll link this everywhere and you can get her book for just like 99 cents, which it's worth every penny of whatever you pay full value. So 99 cents is a heck of a deal, but let's come back to you. Tell us a little bit about your book and channel of clarity. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kelly. So channel of clarity was written with my guardian angel, Trisan, and Trisan told me at that time that I just told you about when we lost everything, when there was that vulnerability and that complete cracking open, um, he said, I'm going to show you how to show other women how to do what you do for them. Because up until then, I'd worked professionally and I've read for people for many years, nearly 20 years I've read professionally for people. And what I found really frustrating and I'll be honest, frustrating, was that I would read for people and I could provide people with so much information and validation um, and direction through their guardian angels. But there it ended. And what I wanted to do was to be able to give women something that they could do for themselves. But I'd never known how to do it because I was born doing it and therefore I didn't learn it. And I didn't think to ask Trisan, hey, Trisan, how about if we were to show other women how to do this? It wasn't until that vulnerability and that cracking open occurred three years ago when he said, I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to show you how and we are going to show women how to do this for themselves. So that's why I wrote Channel of Clarity. And it begins by talking about all of the barriers, all of the things that hold you back from not just communicating with your guardian angel and connecting, but about living your life fully. That's really what the book is about. It's about living your purpose, knowing what your purpose is, finding meaning in life, feeling purposeful, knowing that you're on the right path, knowing that you're doing the right thing, really loving and accepting yourself feeling excited when you wake up in the morning, knowing that you're capable and you can do anything that you want to do in your life and knowing that you're not alone and that you have a guardian angel to help you. So I wrote that book and within the covers of that book, I filled it with everything that I could possibly fit into the book as to how you can create communication, connect and communicate and co-create, which means live life together with your guardian angel. Um, and it was a real labor of love. I felt very, I felt really, I was challenged by writing the book because school was not the most positive experience for me. I didn't consider myself to be a writer or an author of any kind. And every single chapter I wrote, I thought, this is going to be the one I'm not, not going to know what to say. But I just talked to Tristan <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and we wrote it and it got written and it's wonderful because I hear every day from women who say, wow, that's 
incredible. That's helped me so much. That's revealed things to me that I'd that had been hidden for my whole life. Um, wow. And within there, I teach the channel of clarity, which is how you communicate. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a book that I. There's there's a lot of love in that book. There um, is a lot of love in that book. There really is. It's apparent. And there's actually something interesting because along with the book, you have like a, a video training series. And one mm. of those videos is for anybody listening. I think I think you probably already know this, but <laughs> one of those videos is a meditation. And it is one of my go to meditations now. I mean, I love that meditation and it is one of my go-to meditations. It's like oh. the one that I use before I fall asleep or when I first wake up before I get out of bed, because it just feels like it just brings me back to center and brings me back to who I am um, and who I want to be, right? Probably even more who I want to be. So yeah, I want to say thank you because it's it's a lot of fun and I love that meditation. I love the book. Um, so this is a random question, but it just occurred to me. I know one person in the States who talks to angels mm -hmm. and I know several women in the UK and Ireland who do. Oh, wow. <laughs> so is wow. this, is this something that is, um, more uh, normal? that's that's a terrible word i don't like to be normal but is this something that's more normal over there or is it just something that i just have gotten lucky and i've just met some amazing people yeah i think it's that i think it's the latter um um i definitely don't think that it's i always think of the states as being so much more open and so much more kind of aware in in that way um but there are some great people all over the world doing yeah. beautiful and magnificent work with with angels and and positive energies and um yeah it's it's everywhere and it's much more once you start to look, you see it. And I mean, guardian angels is so, you see the expression, you see the words, you hear about guardian angels and, you know, they're, they're everywhere. And something that I think is absolutely beautiful about angels and guardian angels is that they're non-denominational. They're for everybody. They really are. And they appear in so many different cultures and faiths and religions and, um, they're really here just for us to help us unconditionally. Well, what they're here to help you do is actually, it sounds, it's interesting because sometimes women have trouble understanding how a, an angel could help them. Why would an angel help me? What's so special about me? Or am I not taking this angel away from something more important? Oh. Am I not asking this angel to help me with something which is insignificant? And, and that's something that I talk with women about a lot because angels are here to help you to fulfill your purpose, to do all the things and be all the things that you came here to be and do. And they do that because they love you, but they also do that because when you are all that you came to be, you contribute positively to the growth of the universe. You contribute positively to the expansion ultimately of the universe. 
So you being you makes a difference in ways which sometimes you have some kind of sense of, but ultimately you'll have no idea as to the impact that you fulfilling your purpose and you being you has accomplished. Um, And I think that helps a little in some way because otherwise people, women sometimes feel that it's selfish or that it's, um, they're being, they're taking angels away from, from huge things that are happening in the world. Saving people from car wrecks, Mm. right? (laughs) Yeah. But But what angels do is help you to be the highest version of you so that you can contribute positively to the world in ways which are directly and indirectly linked to things which you can see, but always life-enhancing. Interesting. Like Mm. sometimes I, um, for grins, will, will think about, what does this action do? Like, how does this action affect somebody? Uh, For instance, I gave um, someone a really large tip that was that was waiting on me for coffee one morning. It was for Mm -hmm. Christmas. And I thought it's Christmas. And I gave him a really large tip. And when I did it, I thought, wow, it's not giving them a large tip that matters. It's it's how it affects them. But it's all the ripples that comes from that, right? Like, all the things that that little thing that I did can cause in a lifeline of everybody, right? And that's really what you're talking about there. I mean, it's not necessarily, it could be money, it could be love, it could be actions, it could be anything, but you see those ripple effects or you can see those ripple effects if you just kind of like think about whatever it is. And I thank you. I love that because I forget sometimes that it really is like everything we do is kind of a ripple of good if mm-hmm. we're if we're if we're walking our path. Absolutely. So lovely that you did that. It's a beautiful thing for you to have done. And it is, it is ripples. It is ripples that go out there. It's like imagine how that person would have felt and imagine how that would have changed their interaction with the next guest they served. And imagine how they're going to be when they get home and how they're going to be with their kids or their family. And imagine how they might show a kindness to someone on the tube, on the train on the way home. Or it does contribute in a in a positive way and I think that's the thing that is so important for us all to remember is that when we are the best version of ourselves that we can be physically spiritually emotionally we contribute positively to the lives of others that there's something I it, it may well be something which um you've heard of before but certainly for women women put everybody else first everybody (laughs) we have that conversation (laughs) yeah exactly and really there's there's the analogy of the the oxygen mask on airplanes you know you're told that if the if the cabin you know decompresses and you need to use the oxygen then you're to fit your own oxygen mask first before you help anybody else and it's counterintuitive because people think well, I should be helping others first if you have a supply of oxygen if you're feeding your own soul if you're feeding your own body in a positive way then you have so much more to give to other people for so much longer And I think that women lose sight of that. And it's a shame. And I think it's cultural and I think it's societal. And I think maybe women think one day they'll prioritize themselves. But until they do, they can't truly give in the way that they want to. 
Oh, and for those of you listening, we didn't practice that beforehand. <laughs> I guess it was perfect. You're right. It is so true. I mean, and I, I am always saying you've got to take care of yourself first, even though it feels, um, it feels selfish. It comes mm -hmm. back to, you know, asking your guardian angel for help, taking care of yourself first. It all feels selfish, but if we aren't caring for ourselves first, then we just, we just can't give. We don't have enough. It's true. It's really, really true. It is the reward is that when you are your best self, you're able to contribute to other people's lives and feel that sense of really helping others in the way that in in a way that you can't possibly when you're always putting yourself last or second or third or fifth. It's really, uh, I think it's something to be unlearned. And something else I talk about in the book, which I think is interesting, is which links to feel this feeling of selfishness that women experience. And I, by the way, when I speak of women, I'm including myself in this. This is something that I've experienced also. But also with regards to guilt, you know, women are so easily guilt-tripped. Women feel guilty so easily. They suffer sometimes from something called erroneous guilt. And erroneous guilt is feeling guilty for something that you haven't even done. Or you, something. Didn't, you didn't create, but it's, is it, is that like, is it because we're so empathetic? I believe that, so. That we just, the empathy, I mean, I think empathy is an amazing thing and we should all have mm -hmm. it. But yeah. we also then um, want to put everybody else first. We want to, you know, maybe we feel guilty. I, I do. I mean, I feel mm -hmm. guilty when someone has less than me. I do. Mm -hmm. um, I catch myself doing things to help somebody that, like, I've never met this person before in my life and I'll never meet them again. But it's, it's there's a guilt there. I mean, it's an empathy, but it's also a, you know, that feeling of, why should I have this? Why should I ask my angel for help? Why should I have everything when someone else doesn't? And, yeah. but then it comes back to, too, what you just said earlier is that the more we care for ourselves, the more we ripple out to the universe. So, so. true. The more we can give. And yeah. yeah, I can understand exactly what you're saying. It really is empathy is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But there's something more than empathy. Empathy is like, uh, and women are very empathic and it's knowing how somebody feels, but that isn't always the most empowering way to support someone or to feel guilt around keeping yourself small is something that a lot of women do because yeah, they feel yeah. guilty because they don't want to stand up or stand out. You know, I spoke about that earlier when I talked about just wanting to be like everybody else. But when you're compassionate, when you're loving from a place of understanding, but also focused on wanting to contribute to the world in the most positive way by being all that you came to be. I mean, how beautiful is a person who is being all that they came to be? That person is quietly confident, they're loving, they're centered, they're balanced. They're not somebody who is taking from anybody else, quite the reverse. They contribute positively. Yeah. Actually, so, yeah. when you're around those people, you just feel better too. You do. You yeah. want to be around them. They're you great do. people to spend time with. And we can all be that person. We can all be that person by just giving to ourselves. It made me think actually about, um, There, were, I wondered whether 
you just for a couple of moments whether you felt that your listeners might enjoy a heart center state which is just a very momentary centering and kind of meditative experience which they can practice throughout the day if they're feeling overwhelmed or if they're feeling stressed or like first thing in the morning or last thing at night just a really centering way of ah yes Let's do that. And now, obviously, if you're listening and driving, sorry, <laughs> you're going to have to come back. But yes, can we? Okay. That would be a Let wonderful me... way to wrap this up. Thank you so much. Oh, no, you're welcome. It's called the Heart Center State. And it, it is a way of becoming present, feeling your connection with your body, and just bringing yourself into a calming of your mind. It just takes a couple of moments. And it's words that you say to yourself, like the mantra that you talked about, Kelly. And it's also a physical, um, it's a physical experience too. So you can just do this and connect yourself back in whenever you want to feel calm. So all you need to do for the heart center state is you need to right or left hand, it doesn't matter, put your hand across your chest. And the way that you know that your hand is in the right place is when your thumb is just under your collarbone. And then when you put your hand, your palm across your chest, your heart center will be underneath. And you can do this with your eyes open or your eyes closed. And it's just breathing and saying, I love you. I love you for all that you are. I love you unconditionally. And then just breathing again and saying to yourself in your mind or out loud if you want to, I love you. I love you for all that you are. I love you unconditionally. And that's it. And just in a few seconds, whenever you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, whenever it all seems like too much, whenever you're feeling tired, and you feel like you need to have a little bit more energy whenever you want to know, right, what should I do next? Whenever you're feeling like you just need something and it isn't a chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand. And someone actually said that to me. It was quite interesting. She's through one of the meditations um, that, that that my client was listening to. She actually said that. She said, I did the meditation and I realized that, well, she, she was from America, so she said candy. She said, and I realized it wasn't the candy that I wanted. And I thought, wow, ah, nice. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah that so you can do that anytime and putting your hand on your chest. And even if you don't say the words, just putting your hand on your chest, it just brings you into that calming of your emotions, prepares you for just being present and centered, slows things down, and gets you ready for whatever's next. Well, Roz. Thank you so much. I would rather, I would like to just keep talking to you, but I have to actually realize that you have things that you need to be doing too. So is there anything you'd like to, anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Because this has been so amazing. And I know it's a little different than what I usually do, but I think it's something that we all need so much in the world. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're so welcome. It's been such a pleasure to be with you. It, it truly has, Kelly. It's been wonderful. Thank you. And all of your links, everything will be in the show notes, and we will link it to all the social media that we're out there on. And I will make sure that everybody knows about you. Once again, the book is called Channel of Clarity. It's Ra's Place, and it's R-O-S. And uh, yeah, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for asking me.
Thank you again so much for listening today. I truly appreciate the opportunity to connect. If you're ready to incorporate fitness consistency into your life, I'd love to help. I have a special gift for you. If it's a struggle to stay consistent with your fitness and you're ready for all the energy, vitality, and feeling great you can have, go to my website, fitisfreedom.com, and on the homepage, you can get a free copy of my Consistency is Key Masterclass, plus a fitness plan you can follow along with, guaranteed to get you started on your path to being fit and free forever.